When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. No, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in. A very exciting day here. Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, Declan Goff, Purple Access. Uh, Chip, of course, a uh, outstanding sports columnist for the Star Tribune, my longtime friend, my longtime uh, partner in crime on the Vikings beat back in the day. And uh, Chip, as I told uh, Dex earlier today on Mackie and Judd, there are benchmarks in training camp, okay? Because training camp all, always turns to this sort of, like, monotonous, like two weeks in, you're ready to see a game, right? Yeah. But but one of the most exciting things, and this is total geek, but I'm fine with it. One of the most exciting things before game one uh, in the exhibition season was the release of the first depth chart. Because, <laughs> like, you always sort of knew – but the team would never confirm. Like, if you just flat out yeah. ask, well, who's the backup boy? They'd be like, we, we, don't, have, we don't have to have a depth chart out yet. What are you talking about? Yeah. So depth chart one is out. And I want to talk to you about potential surprises, about your thoughts, since we, we both watched a bunch of practice. And I want to start here, Chipper. Mm-hmm. The quarterback. The quarterback position, no surprise, Kirk Cousins is your first team QB. But the backup quarterback says it's, it's very crafty. Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion, as if to say Mannion's not three because we put the or there, despite the fact that there would be no justification based on his name being M-A and Mond being M-O for Mond to be in front of Mannion, unless you considered him to be Mond, the backup. Your thoughts, though, on on technically trying to say that that the Vikings have two backup QBs um, because in my opinion, if you're saying, well, we've got two, the old you saying is you got zero. I love that you went deep dive in it and looked at the alphabetical. That was, that was, yeah. that's well, a veteran move there. Mannion should be before Mond if you really considered them equal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, <laughs> I would say that's not a very promising development for young Kellen Mond. Um, and maybe it's not surprising because they haven't seen him in a game action yet or a preseason game action yet. So, but it's been a very, um, I would say difficult start to camp for him with, with the fumble situation. Um, you want him to win that number two job, right? If you're the team. Yes. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know, I mean, you're going to have to probably move on because it's, it's not going to, if you can't beat out Sean Mannion, um, to be the, the to be the backup, then you know what does that say about your prospects with the team? 
So um, I guess I'm not surprised it's an or. And I think we will not get that clarity until after at least one, maybe two preseason games where you see how he performs in those situations. So you you saw um, a bunch of the practice Monday night. I did too. Um, And look, it's not a scrimmage, okay? It's just a practice. It's not a scrimmage. But, you know, it's a bunch of team drills. Uh, All right. Mon can throw. I'm not saying he can't throw. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has some attributes. So I'm not saying that he's a complete, um, that it's a complete dumpster fire when it comes to Kellen Mond. But, again, in watching him drop a snap, and he flat out dropped a snap. Jesse Davis got the ball back to him, and he dropped it again. Now, if this is the first time, okay, but this is about the fourth time. Um, in watching him, and he and Cousins were the only two quarterbacks allowed to run the drill at the end of practice with a minute left. Mannion yeah. did not. And Kellen Mond, at one point, I think, um, took a sack. Like, it was a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> I just don't see, if you're the Vikings, how you're not trying to make some type of backup plan right now at quarterback. So if Cousins gets hurt, there's some type of bailout plan that doesn't feel like a complete disaster. Do you think that they're – and I think think it's a mistake if this is what they're doing, but do you think that they're thinking, okay, we know what we have with Sean Manning, right? Yeah. We can go into a season with him number two. Let's let Mon play – three quarters of the preseason games to see at the end of this, do we trust him? And if not, Mannion's the guy. I mean, they might be. It feels like you might be right. Here's the problem. Mannion can't play. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't yeah. agree with the premise, but I, I wonder. I know. If I think Mon has to play three quarters of the preseason, right? Oh, I agree. But, Chipper and watching his decision making, yeah, like like he is consistently going to be sacked. That and the fumbles are troubling. Oh, the I mean, fun, yeah. There's, there's been a number yes. of these, and I don't know. You're right. I don't know what that is. I I, I didn't know enough about him coming out of college. Was there a problem in college? Yep. Um, but even O'Connell has acknowledged it here, right? Didn't he address it earlier? Was it last week where he talked about putting the balls on the ground and how many they've had, uh, which kind of frustrated him. So I, I don't know. Um, but you're right. The decision-making and, and I mean, I, I will say this, Judd, in fairness, and then, you know, this is not to excuse him or say, you know, use the excuse, but you're talking about you've been in the league two years and now you've had two offensive systems that are completely different. I mean, that's yeah. gotta be difficult, right? Maybe is that part of the process, you know, of trying to learn this and process it and you're learning yeah. a brand new system after having you know, being in one your rookie year and trying to learn that, and now you're doing something. No question could about be, it. I, could that be yeah. contributing to the decision making? I don't know. I think that definitely could be, but my problem is he looks completely lost. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a like Sean Mannion has been in systems like this, and you can tell he knows what he is supposed to do. He just can't do it. Physical, um yeah. like this is not a mental problem with Sean. This is a this is a physical thing with Kellen. Um, if Kellen just looked like he was sort of learning and it was going a little bit slow, I, I you know, heck, I mean, Kirk, Kirk is still Kirk yeah. is one thousand percent not operating at full efficiency, and I'm not surprised by that because it's it's not new, but it's a lot of new things. Um, but if you watch Mond, so, so I charted I charted the the last series that Mond played Monday, okay, which was two O versus two D. 
And mm-hmm. and uh, the offense got the ball at its own 25 with 130 left in the game. All right? So you got to go. Like, you've you got to yeah. get down. Um, he, he threw a pass, a short pass complete. Then he tried a deep pass that was broken up by Chris Boyd. Then he tried another pass that was broken up um, by the defense. There was a penalty on the defense. So that's a break. The next pass for Amir Smith-Marset, Chipper, catchable ball, out of bounds. The next, the next down, he holds on to the ball so long, he sacked at his own 37 with about 27 seconds left. That can't happen. Yeah. Uh he then got a uh, he then got a fairly substantial completion to uh to the defense's 48-yard line before getting a short completion, a spike, incomplete pass. It literally went nowhere. Yeah. And I just don't see how you can watch that and operate with it's going you know, if Kirk does not get hurt, you're fine. I just think yeah. that's a really risky assumption just cuz Kirk hasn't gotten hurt that he's yeah. going cuz like if you have to plug this kid in, I think you're toast. Well, and that's what I, that's the thing is like, I, I think they're going to get to the end of this and say, do you trust him? No, then then you're going Mannion. And again, I, I don't know that if, if it's to finish out a game, okay. If it's to play one game, maybe. If it's a stretch of games, you're, you're in big trouble, right? Yeah. And yes. so I don't know. I think you always have to account for it being a stretch of games versus just finish out a game. And so, yes. um, I don't know. I mean, you know, some fans might say, well, it's, you know, it's, you're worrying about the backup quarterback, but I think you have to because of the way this team is built that um, <laughs> you don't want the wheels to fall off. If Kurt has to leave, if Kirk has to leave, because you, you have um, a team that's, you know, I think it's going to be right there in the playoff mix. Um, I really think this could be a playoff team and that they're going to at least be in the mix for it. And so uh, this is not as, you know, situation where you're in the, in the predicament. Well, let's just punt on this season. If you know, the quarterback gets hurt. I mean, I don't think you want to do that. Right now, if Kirk was gone, then perhaps you do like, but yeah, when you don't, I don't think you can though. No, I no no. If Kirk had left, no, if they had let Kirk go. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If they had let Kirk go, if they had decided we're going to hit a reset here, then I think it's fine. The other problem I have with, uh, because I've traditionally thought the exact same way, which is, well, if it's one game, can you get by? You know, until last year, I never thought about, but what if that one game is a key game against the Packers at Lambeau Field? Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, that was not, like, that was just one game, and you know what? That was not fine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, ideally, I mean, you want to have a credible alternative. We'll play and beat, and I don't, they don't have that right now. They just don't have it. You know, and that's, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, Judd. I, I don't know with their salary cap situation and who's available and all that. If, can you get a credible plan B right now? Can you get somebody that can at least step in and run this thing efficiently is my question. Like that's credibility to me. That's the thing. How, how much is that going to cost you, Judd? You know, even a backup, a good backup quarterback probably makes more than they can afford with their salary cap situation, right? No, I think they've got some room now, but the problem there is, are are you going to make a trade? Because then, then we're talking a draft pick. Yeah. Um, I just, I am so underwhelmed, Chip, by what I've seen. Yeah. That 
I just don't I don't see how it's workable. I don't see how Kevin O'Connell, a quarterback himself, who struggled, but a quarterback himself, yeah. I don't see how he comfortably can watch this film of practice and say, Yeah, you know, we'll get Kellen there. And Sean's just not I mean, Sean is Sean. God bless him. Yeah. But I mean, you're not going to change him. Mind you're banking on that that you can change, and I just don't know if I see enough firing away there where you're yeah. going to change him quickly enough. Where if Kirk goes down in week three, it's like okay, he can play. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I also think you you need game evidence more than practice too. I mean, practice sure. not not to say you discount it, but I I, I think. You, you want to see how all this stuff that you're putting in and all that, how it looks when you get into a game situation. So, I mean, it's going to be vital for Mond. I mean, more than I think anybody on this team, right? Those preseason games. Oh, to, it's going to be huge. To, to, and uh, I would play him a ton. I, I, I agree would, with you completely. Yeah. Play him a yeah, ton. I, I don't need to see Sean. And I, I, it'll be interesting he'll to play, see. But... You think they'll play Kirk? <laughs> I tried to ask I McConnell might... about. <laughs> I tried to ask that question last week and uh, got the runaround. Oh, did yeah? Because yeah, they didn't I, play Stafford. Yes, and that's you know he was new to the system. Um, yep. I could see it both ways, honestly. I could see Kirk really campaigning to try to get at least one series. You could say, well, what's what what's that right. accomplish? But um, but it does give you a little bit different tempo and pace than you get in practice. Yeah. Um, so I could see it both ways. I I don't know how they'll go, but. Um, but even if it's one series, okay, fine. I, I think Mond has to play a ton, and then you have mm-hmm. to just see what what he does, and then and then that that tells you what your next move is. I'm not sure about you. I've become much more torn on exhibition games um, in playing because you know no team worth its salt now runs anything that's not just a vanilla package, right? Yeah. So so does Kirk? So if Kirk plays four plays, eight plays. Um, with the first team, does it help them that much? Because they're not going to be implementing the system that like they're going to run yeah. base, just as base stuff as possible. So it's not like, Hey, we just ran eight plays of the new packages and that's great. So yeah, I, I'm much more torn there now than I used yeah. to. Be. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know that you gain anything from it other than you see real game tempo or you know, it's obviously right. going to be faster, right? But but more than what you're seeing here. And <clears throat> so maybe you just, you know, to get a little glimpse of that before, you know, before the season starts. I don't know. Um, but you're not running anything extravagant out of your thing. The defense isn't going to throw any crazy looks at you. So for a quarterback, do you gain much? I think nothing more tempo defense. I think it, it helps to tackle, you know. Um to work on that and get, you know, kind of get that feel again. It's interesting. Did you watch uh, Hard Knocks last night? I have not seen the first one yet. Good. Uh, it's interesting the approach that Campbell takes versus it is night and day. The Lions training camp, like the first image they show is these guys full pads tackling. I mean, tackling to the ground. And he he said, there's a thing. He says something like he gathers him up. He says something like. I'm not a lunatic. I'm not crazy. I'm telling you. He said he had uh, he has evidence that working on tackling it helps. I want to make sure I phrase it right, but working on tackling in camp helps prevent injuries later on because you're I don't know if you get used to it or something. I don't know. But he he thinks it helps their 
their conditioning, and I mean, they're tackling Judd. I mean, this is full out, you know, slamming guys to the ground. It's old school, Tyson. It's, it's old school. Yeah, that's what I say. It's Mike Tice. and so, um, but if you're not used to that in camp, like the tackling thing, I think you can probably get some benefit out of that. Right, right. I guess the question is this: Do you want to risk injury? Well, that's the other thing to get I, into the season. And these guys look like they clearly don't. That that's why I'm. That's why I don't think they're going to play Kirk probably, or guys uh, that, that that are starters too much, or if at all, because I don't think they're going to be. We've seen nothing so far that indicates they have any interest in risking injury. And that's the thing. I mean, we've already seen some season-ending injuries around the league. Yeah. And, that you know, you can do that in non-contact. I mean, we, we see yeah. – we, we saw it with Teddy, you know. <laughs> yep. I mean, it happens in this sport. But um, I think this staff is going to do everything to minimize the possibility – of, of injuries happening. And I sort of side on that too, because you know what happens inevitably someone gets hurt. We're like, well, these games are meaningless. What are you doing this for? Yeah. You just, you dramatically altered your season when you didn't need to. So, um, yep. so I would probably say, no, I just don't, I just don't think you get enough out of it to, mm-hmm. to warrant the risk. I have no interest in seeing number 18 on the field. No, he in won't. a game until September 11th or four. Yep. And if and, and and if they're not going to play, then I don't care about Kirk playing because because technically yeah. Kirk and Jefferson should be trying to get on the, the same page. Um, but I just I I can't do it anymore. Like because you're no. you're right, you know, an Achilles pops, a knee goes, it doesn't take much, and then you're you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, it just feels different if it happens in week three versus the first preseason, right? Like a preseason, and I you know I wouldn't play Daniel right. Hunter, Darius Smith, Harrison Smith. Nope. I mean, I wouldn't play any of the top frontline guys that are really pivotal to Eric Hendricks. I mean, I just, I just don't know what you get if they're going to, if the benefit is enough to, to warrant the risk. This is going to sound incredibly harsh, but I would sit down with the roster and say, remove the human element to the conversation. Yeah. Who, who would I go home and cry if they got hurt? And yeah. who would I be like, oh, I can replace them. It's a terrible yeah. thing to say, but I mean, that's how I it would, is. you know, you know what? Probably how they look at it. Though. <laughs> I mean, there are certain guys who are probably yeah. go, who are who are, I, I wouldn't call them vitally important, but would be considered you know semi important who you could replace. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, let's be honest; these things are meant for evaluating, find out who's going to be roster spot thirty-five to fifty-three. Yes, <laughs> more than which is, you which know, is important. Yeah, which is because heck, we we've seen it the last couple of years when this team didn't have the depth that it needed and it had to rely on all those guys that came off the practice squad or were, you know, at the bottom of the roster. And so we, I used to chuckle at that, you know, but it's, it's legitimate. I mean, these are, you need to make good decisions on those because you're going to need them. I mean, no team's going to avoid injuries. Yep. And special teams too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I got a question for you about a story like i feel like we're talking about this so i don't don't want to imply it's being buried but i also think that there's storylines that are that have overtaken it mm-hmm. um and i think the excitement of vikings fans should be absolutely huge they have to stay healthy but the zadarius smith daniel hunter yeah. combination and what they're bringing and what they're going to do and how they're going to be used 
um, I think should have a real like like if we were to to take storylines right now and mm-hmm. be like storyline one, storyline two, storyline three, I think it's a top three potential storyline of yeah. of why this defense could be uh, vastly improved and also what these two, if healthy, can bring from just a nightmare for the opposing quarterback and offensive line standpoint. Yeah, it was interesting. Um listening to Daniil talk the other night before the fan night was that Monday. Monday. Um, think about how he, how much more of a veteran presence he projects now. When he, I mean, he, he's always been kind of quiet, you know, yep. I mean, uh, when you, when you talk to him in the interview, he was good, but he was more quiet. You can tell he's a guy who's comfortable with his role in the organization and his leadership on that defense. He's just a very thoughtful, um, more, I think we're seeing more of his personality now uh, than we saw before. But yeah, if they stay healthy, Judd, I think they're primed for a big year, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think that combination, you can tell that um, Danil even said, man, you know, having Zedarius here, he's taught me some things I didn't know, like some tricks or moves or whatever. Um, and then I think Mike Smith, the hire yeah. that they got from Green Bay, who's worked with Zedarius a long time. Um, sounds like he's kind of a pass rushing guru. That, that I think his title is pass rush specialist or something. He's outline, outside linebackers coach, but I think guys really uh, gain something from his knowledge and, and like tricks to pick up. But it was interesting. I think it was you that asked Daniil about going against guards and centers, and he said we look at that as a, a not mismatch. What was the word he used? Um, disadvantage for the offense. Like when he's when he, <laughs> very politically correct. Yeah, he said when I go against the Garter Center, we think that's a disadvantage for them, which mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> yes. speaking truth. I mean, you know, if you put them over weaker, you know, pass blockers, it's going to be a disadvantage. So, um, I, I just I think they're going to have a big year as long as they stay healthy, and I think it's going to have, you know, a huge impact on the rest of that defense because it. You know, it just makes everybody better when you're when your pass rush is claustrophobic, and especially with those two. And the, the thing I like is Zadarius, who is an outgoing guy, like he is fun. Yeah. Uh, you can tell, and it's just a, it's a small thing, but it's important. You could tell he has had a very positive influence on loosening Hunter up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so, like, it's far more fun. And, and Chip, you know, it helps in sports when when it's very clear that a team or certain guys are tight. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't, and I can't remember the last time that I've seen two Vikings players who are like this tight. Like they're always yeah. together. They're very different people, but Pat, that's Pat good. And Kevin, maybe. Pat and yeah. Kevin yeah. Pat and Kevin. I go back to um, like uh, Hank Thomas and, and John Randall. Yeah. Randall and Ed McDaniel. Like those guys were all thick as thieves. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that is, especially at jobs like that, where there's yeah. a certain amount of pressure, I think it's great that Zadarius clearly is keeping Hunter loose. Yeah. And it's fun, because I will say this. There's no question about this one. For Daniil Hunter, the last two years have been probably brutal. Yeah, miserable, I'm sure. Yeah, when, exactly. When you're rehabbing, you can't play. That's no fun. Um, yeah, and I think I think the personality's been good for Daniil, but also I think I think that's a good signing if he stays healthy and productive because 
because he's done this his whole career in scenarios. I mean, this is what he does. And Daniel, this is something new. I mean, yes, he was a stand-up. He told you know, reminded us he was a stand-up in his first year, second year. But this is still something different than what he's been doing. So I think it's helpful to have Zanarius to kind of teach him some things too. And then mm-hmm. vice versa, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, and just the three, four look, I mean, it just seems like it's, uh, has the potential to give them options to be creative. Yes. And, and it's going to be three, four, it's going to be four, three. It, I, I think it's going to be, um, incredibly like like we we are going to see a ton of looks too which i love mm-hmm. yeah but because i'm still convinced that, that there's a package with the first team yeah that's going to involve scene that we have not witnessed yet in practice and i don't think they're going to show it yeah because i mean there's no advantage to showing it yeah connell even said the other day is like you know we haven't shown our our best or whatever you know these new looks so there's no doubt behind the scenes in their walkthrough or meetings or installing stuff that we haven't seen and they're not going to show in camp, you know? So, yeah, I think they, you know, I think Donatello and Mike Patton, you know, they have a good, uh, just track record of, of trying different things. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, I mean, you know, we talk so much about the offense and changes and Justin Jefferson, but if this team's going to make that leap and be a playoff team, it's got to be because the defense gets a lot better than what it was last year. And I think it will just having, Daniel back and Zadar Smith, I think that improves them automatically. But I think the scheme is is has the potential to really fit the personnel yes. that they have. Yes, exactly right. Uh, so, what else stood out uh, to you from official or unofficial yeah. depth chart number one? There's no real surprises here. There um, are. <laughs> I mean, Dancer's ahead of Booth. I assume that stays that way, right? Uh, we'll see what happens in. Yeah in the games and boot flashes and dancer struggles, maybe that changes, but no real, no real surprises. Um, that I, that I can see to you. I mean, I don't think, uh, no surprises. I think Patrick Jones being the second guy behind Hunter at outside linebacker yeah. on that side is in- intriguing. I think they really like him. I yeah. would not, I would not be surprised if he emerges as a very solid contributor. Um, cause I, I he can definitely, Wanda, yeah, him and Wanda are pretty good yeah. backups. Guys. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I agree. I think Wanda can be productive and he probably fits what they're looking for at that position. So, I mean, those two Jones and Wanda, that's not a bad, you know, guys to bring off the, off the bench, so to speak. Barring injury chip. The one thing that I would not be surprised. So I, I think most of the first team stuff is spot on and, and yeah. you know, the plan on that on that depth chart is for those guys to be starting against the Packers September 11th. The one that wouldn't surprise me, and I told Dex this as well, I would not be completely shocked if Ed Ingram is the starting right guard on opening day and Davis is not because, I mean, one, he's a second-round pick. Correct. Two, he looks the part, and there is no there's no question. I mean, he, he is their guy. Um, yeah. And I think it's a second round pick. There's no like, oh, he can't start yet. I if he impresses, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, if he jumps up the depth chart. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm guessing this thing is going to change after they get through these preseason games. I'd keep an eye on him, uh, and and Booth obviously, and then I don't know if Scene will overtake Bynum right away for the opener, but you know, obviously he's your first round pick and. They're high on him. So, I mean, those three rookies, did they all start, you know, week one? That's, I, I don't, yeah. 
I don't think it's out of the question, you know, because we've seen flashes from them, obviously, in, in training camp so far. So, um, I mean, they're, I think they're all going to play, right? particularly Booth and Seam, because the different packages they have. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them found their way into the starting lineup by, by week one. Yeah. Wide receiver-wise, here's my, my, de- my depth chart, okay? Yeah. Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. I think their fourth guy, Smith-Marset. And I yeah, think he's going to return punts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Osborne's definitely number three. And I think Smith-Marset's probably four. Um, and then he's your punt returner, right? Um, that, yeah. Yes. And then, what, Naylor and B.C. Johnson? Uh, how many how many wide receivers you keep? That's the question, is and we don't five really know. Six, five or six, I don't know. Yep. Um, it, you know, it all depends on get to the end is see what your injuries are. You know how how the special teams go, but I, to me, I, I I agree. I think Smith Marset's number four right now. Do you think that so on BC, who I like, and yeah. I think he runs good routes, and I think he's a solid, reliable player. If they try and if they were to try and sneak N- Naylor um, through waivers in the final cut, can they get him to the practice squad or does he get claimed? Because my guess with him is he I don't think he's a guy you want to lose. Like no. there's some there's some real well, upside there that we've seen. He might get claimed by you know okay. if a team you know gets some injuries at wide receiver in, in preseason and you know you're looking around he you know you may not be able to sneak him through. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes those factor in your own cuts, like, okay, we're, he's going to get claimed if we try that. So, um, I, you know, they obviously drafted him, they like him. And so that's, you know, that's uh, in his favor right now. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I want to see what BC does in, in preseason and coming back. And, you know, cause I thought he had a pretty nice trajectory going yep. um, as a complimentary wide receiver. So, um, these are, you know, these are kind of fascinating storylines to watch in the, I mean, I know preseason games, we kind of roll our eyes at, but in terms of depth and guys on the bubble or making the team, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's very important for those guys. And clearly the most important is for Mond, I think. Last thing, let's pay ode to, to what I think is an underrated bust. Wyatt Davis. I know. I, it's funny. I was sitting here looking at him on his depth chart. I mean, Chip, he's a third round pick. He is a Spielman third-round pick. This is not a, oh, we whiffed on a sixth-round guard, too bad, see you later. He's not going to make this team. I won't be surprised if he's not on the practice squad. This is an underrated, massive swing, a Sano-like swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, he's behind Ingram. He's third on the depth chart. He's done. How, you know, again, this is not a seventh-round pick. This was a third-round pick out of Ohio State, and – um, I mean, this is two regimes now. This is two different coaching staffs that have clearly felt the same way about him. So I, I don't know. We can't brush this off as he came into camp heavy last year. <laughs> you know, that we right we fell for that one. You know, uh, last year. Yeah, it's it, it's just a miss, I guess. You know, but a third round miss this quickly. Yeah. That's a hell of a miss, man. I know, I know. So. I would love to know, like, what, you know, why he went that high to them if he can't even break third team in the second year. You know, he's third on depth chart after two weeks in the second year. 
Yep. Passed well, by a rookie already. You know. Yeah, who who they drafted in the second round the next year. So clearly they they saw, they saw it, yeah. enough practice film to know that that it it wouldn't work. I did hear that Rick was told by some don't take him, and he took him. But I mean, uh, you know, again, a third round miss is in this league now a guy that can't contribute. Like that's it, not a oh whoops, that is a that's why you got fired, miss. And if you if you decide that Mon can't play either, yeah. <laughs> He was a third rounder, right? And, well, you know what? And this gets to a very in, interesting point. You're right. Mond, Wyatt Davis, and I believe fifth round pick Chaz Surratt, right, who yeah. was a quarterback in college, got moved to linebacker and was supposed to come here. And oh, he's so athletic. I think he's a goner too. Yeah. Now I mean, that's a little bit later in the draft, but I mean that's still a guy who who, you know, you claimed we got all these picks because we can develop guys, right? But you can't miss them that high. You can't right. miss second, second round. You can't miss on third rounders because, you know, it's just those are guys you're counting on to contribute. Maybe not – if they're not starters, then valuable backups. Yes. And, you know, and if you're having to cut these guys a year after you draft them, that's a problem because that's where your depth comes in. That's yep. where you're – you know, this is where it becomes a problem. You, you've missed on – High draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, uh, that one did jump out. At my, the Wyatt Davis one did jump out to me, too, when I looked at it. Exactly. All right, sir. We will uh, talk to you next week for more Purple Access. Thanks, Chipper. All right, brother. Talk to you. Hey, this is Adam Carolla from the Adam Carolla Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season as well. Find all the latest players, developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including MLB playoffs, uh, the start of the NHL season, MMA, of course, boxing, and even golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts.